and welcome to today's podcast. With Christmas just around the corner, I wanted to reach out to those who are supporting children who have lost a parent and who may be struggling with the concept of how on earth are they going to get through the festive season. Today I'll be talking to Kelly, whose children's dad passed away suddenly in August 2022, when their children were just nine and ten, and we'll be talking about how Kelly and her children navigated Christmas for the first time without Nick, and we'll hear a truly heartfelt account of their journey. Hi Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. So we are thundering towards Christmas and one of the things that I wanted to talk about was when um, when a, when children have lost a parent before Christmas and how the other parent copes with the build up to Christmas, how you help to navigate your children building up and enjoying Christmas, because I don't doubt it's a really, really tough time, not only experiencing the loss of a parent to your child, but then how you support your children through that. So can you tell me a little bit about um, what happened? And I believe so I believe that you lost Nick in the August of 2022. Is that right? Yeah. So not long before Christmas. So I'm, I'm imagining with everything that was going on, talk me through what happened in that few months leading up to Christmas and how you supported and helped the children through that. Yeah. So we, we lost the children's dad in August of 2022. And obviously that was it was so hard for the children to one understand and comprehend that this has happened because they uh, were nine and ten at this time is that right so they were really young but not so young that they didn't understand they understood what had happened and they and they were very well aware of that loss yeah and and the thing that for the children was that you know we had obviously Nick passed away in the August and it was a month until the funeral. So for, for the whole of between August and September, dealing with the fact that their dad had passed away and then obviously arranging the funeral and, and a lot of that's done at the home. Mm. Um, they'll come and visit you at the home. So obviously the children are present. It was mm. during six weeks holidays. So they still hadn't gone back to school yet um and and that was that was quite big as well really the the sending them back to school um and how to do that because when they left school before the six weeks holidays um everything you know they had mom they had dad mm -hmm. um, and then when they go back in September it's almost like do they deliver that news to their friends yeah and how do they and I was constantly thinking right okay how are they going to approach this how can I help them the best yeah so I did I spoke with the school I went in and saw mm. the school uh, they returned and, and school have been amazing so they uh, the children we started I, I took them in a little bit later in the morning as not to I didn't I didn't personally want to bump into parents in the morning I didn't want to be having them conversations I wasn't ready to be speaking no. to everybody 
Because you lost Nick unexpectedly. This wasn't something that you, you know, he it it wasn't a diagnosis that he was. You knew that he was going to pass away. This was really, really unexpected for everybody. So, as you say, you went into the six weeks holidays with, you know, everything was as it had been for the children, and then all of a sudden they're going back to school and they've lost their dad, and they've got to get navigate their way through that. And and that that was so hard for mm. them and you know my my son um who was nine at the time um he wanted to speak about his dad he wanted to speak about mm. that and Evelyn my daughter who was Evelyn was 10 mm. um she didn't want to speak about it she didn't want to talk about it she wanted to just be with her friends and just be in that moment now both of them were in the same school mm. uh, experiencing and and coping in two very different ways yeah so therefore Nicholas is speaking about it in school Evelyn doesn't want to speak about it in school and the children in the school know uh, so that was that was really hard to navigate for Evelyn. However, the children in Evelyn's class were really good and kind of knew how Evelyn wanted to deal with things. Yeah. Um, then those children then kind of would go and check Nicholas. So it was it was really great. And children are amazing and also so resilient. Mm. Uh, I worry every day about my children. They are literally my my life. And I'm always thinking ahead, how is this going to affect them? What can I do? What can I put in place that will make this easier, that will make this better for them? Yeah. And they they surprise me every day. Mm. Because there were moments that, you know, I'm sure in in time to come, in years to come, I can sit down and say to them that their strength got me through some days mm, yeah because I knew I had to be strong for them that was my goal and I was implementing things to make things so much easier and happier for them and see them happy and see them smiling that because that was my goal that was my strength to get me through that day mm, mm. Um, which was you know we we've all kind of come together and and, and got through this process together and it's never it's never easy it's mm -hmm. never easy and I think when when you are in in that position and and in that moment everybody has an opinion mm -hmm. and <clears throat> will voice that opinion depending upon I think how 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 the death happened yeah uh, I suspect with good intention, everybody's got an opinion with good intention, but yeah. does that become a bit overwhelming at times because you're getting differing opinions? So overwhelming yeah. because you, you are just getting through each day mm. and you are trying to, and a lot of people will say to you, um, time's a healer. And I, I don't necessarily believe that I don't think that time is a healer especially with something as huge as this um I just think in time you become more used to your new normal it is your new normal nothing will ever be the same after that happens 
happens. No. Um, but you you adjust to your new normal and you approach things in different ways. And for instance, you know, with Christmas, the Christmas coming up, we were we just had the funeral in September. My daughter's birthday is the following month, and then December, obviously you're preparing for Christmas. Mm. Um, so uh, Nick's birthday, the children's dad, is the first of December. Yeah, and so the children are aware of this, and so what I did for Nick's birthday uh, was that I I brought a star for him and on the certificate I, I wrote a little poem that was from their dad to them mm-hmm. and um, on his birthday we had a little party for him mm-hmm. and we had these certificates and we gave them to everybody and said that you can you can look at this star and I brought the star in the uh, star sign of their dad which is Sagittarius mm-hmm. and uh, unbeknown to us when I actually googled it the star is most brightly seen in the sky in August okay and that the following mm-hmm. year on the anniversary that we would actually in the UK be able to see that star and I hadn't planned that no something then that we could work towards that we'll be able to see daddy's star yeah in August um and so that that was that was something that I thought would be nice going into Mm. the advent um of Christmas and two I didn't want to ignore his birthday no Uh, it was something that was so big in our family that you know the beginning of December is dad's Mm. birthday and once we've had dad's birthday we then start to celebrate Christmas that has been the process Mm. for 10 years Mm. I didn't want to break the mold no and so I made sure that we kept that the same now like I say a lot of people said I wouldn't do that you know that's it's it's too much for the children but I also for me I knew I couldn't ignore that that was Mm -hmm. our process it Mm -hmm. was was important to us and it was important to the children and I had to acknowledge that yeah I never want to ignore anything. Mm. I always want to be able to give the children the chance to talk about that. Now, if they came to me and said, look, you know, I'm not, I don't really want to celebrate dad's birthday, then, then we wouldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. But I give them the option. Yeah. It's a fine balance, isn't it? I'd imagine because again, they were quite young, but not so young that they didn't have an opinion and a thought and it's it's really hard as a parent I think in life because we do need to to value our children's opinions and we do need to let them air what they think is the right thing to do but without without giving them too much of a burden of decision making so yeah. that that must have been really hard to navigate. So did you did you discuss with them about dad's birthday and what did they want to do? Was that a conversation you had? I exactly the same as what you said. I did not want to put that decision on their shoulders. Mm. It had only been a couple of months since they'd last lost their dad. Um, but I I also it was such a struggle because I didn't want to ignore it. 
but also I knew it was very relevant that we needed to have the conversation. So I kind of just approached it in very much a conversational manner of, oh, it's dad's birthday on the first. Um, so we need to make sure we've got our advent calendars. Mm. And did, did you want to do something for dad's birthday? Maybe just have a little bit of a party or did you want it just to be us? I kind of put a few little decisions there. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't want the answer there and then mm. uh, maybe come back and we'd, we'd start talking about it slowly yeah. and have this conversation a couple of times. And I have done that quite a bit. Yeah, It's been a process that I feel like it's not too intense. I don't yeah. want an answer from them there and then, Yeah, but I just kind of approached the conversation a little bit and they both in their own time came back and said, so are we having a party for dad's birthday? I said, yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. And yeah. so it wasn't, look, either we do or we don't, which one do you want to do? Yeah. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I, there, there are quite a few for me in, in the time since Nick's passed, there are parts of that that I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I look back now at photos and I just think, oh gosh yeah yeah and it's it's there mm. but it was my way of processing and coping yeah but everything that I do with the children I remember very clearly yeah yeah and that is that is because that is my most important yeah all of my most important job is being mom yeah. and making sure that this as as awful as this is it's also we keep the memory of dad alive yeah happy memories yeah uh, I I do this a lot as well uh which you know is I will we will be doing something and I'll, I will bring dad into the conversation yeah very briefly mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go oh dad would have thought that was funny mm. and then have a little bit of a oh yeah can you remember when dad did this or oh he'd have said this yeah and then kind of then slowly like obviously like then drift off into the conversation so yeah it's 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 difficult to it's it's really difficult to navigate and you don't know if you're doing the right thing and there is no rule book and no. you are you're not doing the right or the wrong thing what you're no. doing you're you're dealing with the children that you have in front of you who you know extremely well mm. better than anybody mm. you know how they are processing Nicholas and Evelyn process completely different and have to approach them differently Nicholas will talk about his dad a lot Evelyn has only just recently started to talk a lot more Mm. about her dad in conversation Mm. that's fine yeah I think I think but I think what you were saying there often and I can see why this happens when we go through such a big grief as a parent, you just want to protect your children, don't you? So one of the things that I think, and I've heard this in my work um, previously around, if I if I don't if I don't bring him up, then um, it won't hurt them. I don't want them hurting. And every time his name's mentioned, or every time he's mentioned, I, I, I fear that it's going to upset the kids. So I won't do that. And actually, it's quite the opposite. I think it, keeping that fluidity of just open conversation with children 
and especially when a parent has passed away because so many people do talk about well once my parent passed away that was it I've uh, they were never spoken about again and within a matter of months photographs were taken down and and it was generally all coming from a good place from the other parents perspective I can get I understand it but I think what you're saying here is and I think the identifying that both of your children have processed this whole thing very differently whether it be at school or although interestingly they both were quite keen to have a party for dad which is quite cute I think <laughs> it was so lovely. like they had a little powwow <laughs> <laughs> So, and and leading up to Christmas, then did you did you have similar conversations about, especially the first Christmas? What before you even had the conversations? I'm really interested. What was going on in your mind? Of what were you going to pitch to the children? What what did you feel was the right thing to do? So for Christmas, um, I'm I'm really big for Christmas I love Christmas it's my favorite time of the year I love to see the children happy and you get to spend that real quality time with family and so going into Christmas was a really difficult situation because I wanted my children to be the happiest they could be in the most difficult time of their life mm. and as a parent that is heartbreaking mm. because you want the best for them. And also at the same time, I was grieving as mm. well. And and the rest of your family, your extended family will have been grieving as well. So everybody is trying to come together and create this, this happiness. And at no point do you want it to feel false. No. And that is a, very very hard road to navigate mm. and so what I did was uh, I'm a forward thinker I have to plan ahead at all mm. times so I went through our photo albums I got a picture of Evelyn and her dad at Christmas a picture mm -hmm. of Nicholas and his dad at Christmas and then a picture of the three of them at Christmas mm. I got them printed out I got them put in photo frames and as soon as we hit the 1st of December mm -hmm. for dad's party, Christmas decorations went up and those photos went straight up. Right. Dad was part of the celebration and okay. he was part of Christmas. Yeah. And I, I have put my decorations up a little bit early this year uh, and those photos are back up. Right, okay. They are a part of the process okay. and it's a way that I can bring dad in yeah. without forcing the conversation yeah then in the moments where you can see when your children need that that love that that hug that reassurance mm. to speak about dad I mean now yeah. if you want to have a conversation and sit down and speak with your children that is the right thing to do because you know yeah, yeah. You know in that moment what they need yeah and so photos were up. Um, and like I say, they're up again this year. Um, and the first Christmas, it was, for me, in my feelings, it was it was very hard. How do I do this? Mm. How do I do Christmas Day with mm -hmm. 
without a present from their dad, mm. without anything, with without their dad there, yeah. with and, and all of these things. So well, you can't make it right, can you? You can't right the wrong. And this is the tricky thing. And as parents, it, you know, we feel that we want to right the wrongs in life for them. And when something so catastrophic happens, like the loss of a parent, we can't fix that. We can't fix that. All we can do is make the best of the situation. And what strikes me, and I, this isn't a conversation that we've had, but one of the things I think is really important in being a parent in general is we try to look at the world through our children's eyes. And what I'm hearing here is not only that you are maybe looking, you've been looking at the world through your children's eyes in the best way you can, but I, that projecting forward, because what I'm thinking about because that's what, as a parent, that's what I, I did. I was, I did a lot of what, what do I want them to be thinking and feeling in five, 10, 15, 20 years time. And this um, the photograph uh, thing that you've done over Christmas just sounds lovely. You know, it's not that these photographs are up every, every minute of every day throughout the year. It's that actually, it just means that dad is always going to be a part of our festivities. Yeah, and he's here, he's here with us. And it's it's just like, I mean, um, like I say, I've put, I put them up again this year and uh, I shouted Evelyn and Nicholas down to have a look. Um, Evelyn was mortified. She went, oh, look at me in that photo. <laughs> uh, it was more about her. She's hit 12 years old now. So everything's about makeup and yeah. <laughs> So, but she was, she was, Nicholas's face, you can't buy that moment. Yeah. It was pure happiness and yeah. joy. Yeah. And for a year later, for that photo to invoke happiness in him mm. and a smile on his face, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And yeah. I'm doing right because these children are amazing and so yeah. resilient but are happy yeah and that is so hard as a parent yeah you feel like you will never be happy again you mm. feel like children will never be happy again yeah. and to know that something so little as putting a Christmas photo up every year it's just with the Christmas decorations it's yeah so, when I put that up this year the face it yeah. just on his face and I was just like in that moment yeah it, those yeah. moments and that's yeah. what I want and and it's knowing that you're doing mm. the best you can it's yeah. not I'm not saying it's the right thing and that everybody should do that no but these moments create memories like that Nicholas and Evelyn eventually probably next year she'll be fine um these photos, I can print these off. I can put yeah. them in frames. They can have them in yeah. their family homes when they are older. Yeah. With yeah. And the thing is, I think it's thing it's things like that, Kelly, that I think could really help people because, again, if you think about it, you know, you lost Nick in the August. To be able to get some clarity of thought as to so quickly it can be really unusual because as you know everything's a big fog 
when you lose somebody. Um, so to be able to implement that from the get-go, from the very first year, and you only had a matter of weeks to come up with that idea, but that may be, you know, somebody, you, somebody else may be hearing that and think, I'm going to do that. It feels right. I didn't think of it, um, but I, oh my God, my, my children would love that. Yeah, and it's it's so it it's so, so simple, lovely. isn't it? But so effective. He's he's there, and it's not. You're not forcing anything. You're not forcing a conversation. No. They have that moment that they can look at dad, and yeah. it's it's just it's so nice to know that you've done something that really yeah. has helped. So and it's that, become a new tradition you know you were saying you're you're, you're going to have to find a new normal you know when you lose lose somebody you do have to find a new normal so almost like a new Christmas tradition after the loss of their dad and this is one of the new traditions the photographs go up every year I love that I think that's amazing I like I say I'm a forward thinker so I'm always thinking right what can I do here what can I do there so the first of everything I've mm. done extremely special yeah um, that we can recreate each year so the first their first birthdays without dad um and and I haven't done the same because Evelyn's just had her second birthday now without dad and I haven't done the same thing this year mm. it, just for that first year mm. I knew that that first year was going to be the struggle mm. it didn't need to be continued for the next few years it needed it in that moment her birthday was in the October yeah and and so there's there's things that I've done for each first moment, first Father's Day, first. So, but the Christmas, yeah, it's not just one day. Yeah, Christmas is the whole of December. Absolutely. And so making sure that Dad's around mm. the whole month without it being too overbearing on them and too much. Yeah, it was that was the simplest way to have him there all the time um so did you did you can think about right okay this is what Christmases did look like before dad passed away how do I do it differently do we spend time just just the three of us do we have do we do this do we emulate what we have and we had we have an empty chair what I'm I'm really interested as to how you got for got from A to B really. Okay. Right. So so for me, I I probably would have done it differently um, mm -hmm. if we was in the house that we would be in for the next few years. Um, we weren't. Unfortunately, due to all the circumstances, we had the family home on the market. Okay. So we were selling the house. So I was also very aware that the first Christmas without dad was also going to be their last Christmas in our family home with dad. Okay, yeah. And so I kept everything that we would normally do the mm -hmm. same. Okay. We used the same Christmas decorations. We put everything up exactly the same way as we would normally do. Mm-hmm other than, like I say, the addition of the photos. Mm. Now, if we'd have been in our home that we was going to be in for the next couple of years or, yeah. or 10 years, then I would have implemented a few changes. 
Okay. I feel that it would have been important to acknowledge that this was going to be different. Okay. okay. Going forward, Christmas would be different. Yeah. So fast forward to the second Christmas without dad, where we are now, uh, going into December. Um, we are in our new home. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of the decorations that we used previously up. So I have a lot of the garlands up that we had with dad, uh, but we have a new Christmas tree, mm. we have a new Christmas tree, a new theme to the Christmas tree. And mm. that's still hugely incorporated into mm. this new Christmas theme, mm. but it's our new normal. Yeah. And, new yeah. Theme. and this year I got uh, the children uh, hummingbirds okay. so there's two hummingbirds ornaments they're glass ones with mm-hmm. a kind of cover into them uh goes very well with the um peacock theme mm-hmm. uh, but what I did is we decorated the Christmas tree mm-hmm. sat the children down and I um I'll read to you what I read to them um and I gave them the hummingbirds and then I said, so to some, sighting a hummingbird signals that challenging times are over and healing can begin. To others, these tiny flyers are an inspiring sign of hope and good luck. Hummingbirds also can have a spiritual significance and mean that the spirit of a loved one is near. Mm-hmm. And um, I said that they were a gift from dad mm. for them to put on the Christmas tree. Mm. And they both put them on the Christmas tree and you can see where they are. Mm. They pass that Christmas tree every day. There's a little bit of dad on the Christmas tree. Yeah. Okay. But Christmas is a little bit different because our Christmas tree isn't the traditional one that we had with dad. Yes. Yeah. Operated into it. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything that on reflection you think you could have done differently? I think... Or you'd have liked to have done differently. You know, if you knew then what you know now, is there anything that you think you would have liked to have done differently? I I don't think I'd do anything differently in the sense of in that moment when you are there mm. and you are experiencing that, whatever you can muster mm. and do is the best. Yeah, absolutely. And there is never something that you you should have done better or you could have done better what you did was Mm. the best you could do in that moment now if that is on your own then you you are giving your children the best you can give them Mm. if that is with everybody else's help you are giving your children the best Mm. of you in the moment you're never doing anything wrong mm. and I, like I say I am a forward thinker mm. and I am very sentimental and I plan things and I have to think ahead yeah. but that does not mean that I am coping better than no. anybody else it mm. just means that that's the way my mind thinks mm. that is the way that I can make things better mm. um, and and I hope I am I hope I'm doing the right things mm. But that's what I'm leading with, hope. 
yeah I don't well, none of us know do we we never yeah. know if we're getting it right or wrong and I think that's the thing is all we can do is what we do with the best intention and you know some people become very engulfed in grief and they cannot navigate their way through these it, it, with with such foresight I mean it's incredible that you have such foresight but not everybody has the capacity to do that or the support maybe to do that um what I'm also aware of is that you too was going through this um and it does sound like you put your children at the forefront of everything that you did which is amazing but I do have to go back to not everybody can do that because of how we how we all did process things differently do you feel that you took care of yourself sufficiently in that period of time alongside supporting your children? And if so, uh, how? So th this is this is probably one of the hardest things that I, I have to deal with. Um, I am I am a very strong person and I'm a lot stronger than I realized I was. Mm hmm um and that can become a very lonely place mm -hmm. because everyone will comment on gosh how strong you are and oh mm. you're doing amazing and look what you've done for the children and and, and it's amazing and and I appreciate that <clears throat> it also becomes very isolating because yeah. you cannot reach out and say I'm struggling no people look at you and go well really? how? yeah look, look what you've done you've done this you've done that. how are you struggling and so it becomes very lonely and your grief becomes very lonely because it is behind the mask and I'm very good at the mask mm. um, because I have to be because everything I do is for my children mm. and so in answer to that question absolutely not do did I put myself anywhere on the pecking order of looking after myself no no um and a lot of people I'm sure can resonate with the fact of ugh, when Nick passed away I struggled to eat I struggled mm. to eat mm. and my my driving force was my children they mm. they are the ones that are they're so resilient and I am always making sure I am planning ahead for them making everything okay for them they have helped me get through this mm. because I can't let them down I don't mm. want to let them down I am all they have mm. and that is a lot of pressure mm. and it is you know it's it's your your thoughts when you go to sleep at night have I done the best that I can do for them today are they okay are they coping mm. and it's your thought when you wake up in the morning and you are I mean as a parent you're on the back burner anyway you're the last in the pecking order um but in that moment you really are and the stronger you are the less people you have to reach out to mm. you're not mm. feeling Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you said, you know, frequently about are they okay, and you're just doing what you can to 
make life the best it can be with what's happened. But I think as I think we all have to identify it is okay not to be okay. And I think also, you know, we, we spend our lives saying to our children or saying about our children, we just want them to be happy. We just want them to be happy. And actually the reality is they're humans. And one of the most natural things in the world would be for them to be to not be okay. Yeah. And for you to not be okay. And I think we we have to give space for that, don't we? Of just that acknowledgement that if if yeah if your child has lost a parent or you've lost your partner it is okay not to be okay and it's okay to acknowledge that and actually acknowledging when we're not okay really helps to settle the nervous system so we know that if somebody's you know if somebody's upset and they're told well you shouldn't be upset you know you should be happy I'm not suggesting that in this case yeah. but it makes you more upset as you say you know it's that thing of, well, I'm not allowed to be upset. And then that just makes us even more upset. And I think what we have to remember is if we if we actually validate somebody's emotions, especially when they've been through something as traumatic as this, or especially with the children that their friend hasn't played with them in the playground, these things are huge to children. And just by saying it's okay, it's okay to be sad and, and support them in that is crucial. Yeah, and and I think, you know, for me, what I found um, on on the year anniversary mm-hmm. uh, of um, Nick passing, I really struggled. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I outwardly really struggled. I I do a lot of inwardly, which I know isn't healthy, um, and you know, I have I have now started therapy. Um, to deal with those things myself Mm. um, because I was ready um, and the children are okay and so now I can deal with me Mm. but I really struggled at Mm. the year anniversary um, and that was that was really huge for me to do that outwardly and it it was met in different ways Mm. Um, a lot of you were sharing that with your friends and family and so this strong person that they'd seen as coped for 12 months all of a sudden was wobbling that's really interesting so how how was that received by your friends and family was it was because I am I am a perfectionist by nature um it's that's probably why I forward think a lot and so I don't like to be seen as anything but perfect and that is very hard in that circumstance to to not feel like people are, are you're in a looking glass. And I had to be doing the right thing at the right time and making sure that everything was in place. So the fact that I was starting to show outward cracks and that people were starting to witness this, um, you know, I had it was very half and half. I had half of my friends and family go in oh my goodness, thank goodness, I can help you. Mm. Um, I can be here for you now because I wasn't allowing anybody to help me, uh, be there for me. I was okay. I could do this on my own. Um, And I had to do this on my own. I'm on my own now. Mm. And almost this, you know, well, you have to. And and you don't, you don't. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to not be okay like you just said. Would you, would you, if you... Would you have liked to have accessed support earlier? I know what you said that you weren't ready until 
it got to the one year anniversary but on reflection would would you have felt able to I think for me I I didn't feel able to I didn't feel like I could be anything less than perfect and the fact that people kept saying to me oh my goodness you're so strong what a great idea oh you're doing amazing look at how you approach this with the children you know it's that constant reassurance that one you're doing the right thing but also it builds up this this intensity around mm. you know you know what you're doing you know what you're doing so you can't ask for help nobody yeah. can help you because you've got this yeah. and you feel the pressure of having to have this at all times yeah. um, like I say when when I got to the year anniversary and and um I remember I, I remember calling and speaking to you and yeah. and just having that moment of just, yeah. just having a little bit of a chat and just saying I'm just I'm, I feel like I'm starting to crumble yeah. and it, like I say it was met in different ways some friends and family were just like finally we can help they yeah. they just waiting to help because that's all people want to do when you're yeah. going like that yeah and then I had other friends and well I mean I, I I don't know if I'd probably call them friends now but other other people around me that were like why now mm. why now it's mm. year like you've done you've done x y and that said you've done this you know you you're doing fine why mm. all and and almost your grief came into questioning yeah, yeah you had held it together mm. uh, after a year well you can't break so there like, was judgment yeah you had to do that at that point and if yeah. you didn't at that point yeah why now and 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 then you're almost questioning yourself like well why why now why am I feeling this way now and yeah. people don't accept it now whereas um, it's actually perfectly normal and it's the first of everything there is usually is all part of the grief cycle because you're hitting those milestones and you've never done that before you've never done Christmas before you've never done birthdays before you've never done the anniversary before and I think the anniversary of a death is really profound because I don't know whether you had this but often people will talk about this time last year they're alive and well and I know ex I remember because I've been over over and over and over again the last conversations we had and you start playing that through several days before the the anniversary and it just becomes all-encompassing doesn't it yeah yeah and it's almost that that first year mm. is you you are taking it day by day um, and there's some days that you just you just can't mm. so you just kind of go okay today today's day is just just get through it yeah you know, you're know, you not going to yeah. do anything amazing today yeah. you are you are going to get through it and if you could get that milk from the shop yeah. then yeah. you've done a good job today um and you know some days are like that other days you just want to get everything done in that day and you feel really proactive and you've mm. done a great job mm. and and you're just taking it in waves, but you are taking it in waves through that first year. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, my driving force was the children. So it yeah. was always about them. I never stopped to think about me. So mm. by the time I got to the year anniversary, we'd been through Evelyn's first birthday without mm. her dad. You've been through Nicholas's first birthday without his mm. dad. We've been through the first Father's Day. Mm. 
had been through Nick's birthday, um, Christmas. We we'd been through all these firsts, mm-hmm. and I'd got us through them in mm-hmm. in different ways, um, yeah. in each one. But the the first anniversary was, I remember, I remember just thinking, do I have this conversation with the children? Mm-hmm. Do I tell them it is? year today that their dad has passed away and I remember going back and forth thinking well what good can come of reminding them that a year ago today dad died Mm. um and then I then I think well I can't ignore that Mm. um and then my next process was but what good can come of it and Mm. it was back and forth back Mm. and forth and do I do something sentimental and big um at this point, you're, the cracks are showing for you. So all of a sudden, all of the decisions you've made of all the firsts up until this point, you've been forward thinking, you've been planning. And now it's just, because I, I remember we had a conversation just a matter of days before and you were backwards and forwards in. Yeah. About, I just, I'm not entirely sure. So that must have been really unsettling for you being mm-hmm. so in control normally. <laughs> Yeah, so normally, like, I have planned ahead. Like I say, you know, and I'm looking at my Christmas tree now, the hummingbirds, I can see them. Mm. I've planned ahead. Mm. Everything's so strategically planned ahead mm. that I was creeping up to mm. the anniversary and I had no idea yeah. how to handle this yeah. and how to handle it with the children. And I think that is quite possibly why the outward cracks started to show yeah because I was and and it was the year Mm. after that year point Mm. it was our life then yeah the second birthday without Nick isn't the same as the first one so this year was such a huge point Mm. and and I remember I mean I go back and forth and and uh but the when he passed away I remember thinking oh my goodness, like, this is the most amazing human being in the world who Mm. was the best dad, has just gone, how is the world still going? Yeah. Why hasn't nobody else paused? Yeah. And and I was taking the children to school and everybody was still getting on with their days and... And laughing. Yeah. Yeah, they were, because they were unaware of the trauma that was going on in your worlds. And it was so hard to process. Mm-hmm. And his first anniversary was the of his passing was the only thing that was a really difficult decision because Christmas is Christmas for everyone. Mm-hmm. Every Christmas, everybody's celebrating Christmas. Mm-hmm. Evelyn's birthday, we have that every year. Mm-hmm. Now we have to celebrate it in a different way because dad isn't here. All of these things were were staples mm. and were traditions and mm. everything like his anniversaries his passing had not happened yeah it's never been something we had to deal with no. it's never been something that we had to either acknowledge or and and I didn't know what to do with that mm. it was too raw mm. and I started to crack the mm. crack started to show and it was so hard for me and the build-up was the worst Mm. I knew it was coming and I was back and forward back and forward and 
on the on the day I remember the night before and just thinking I've just got to get through the day mm. but I that I would play it out in my mind mm. every second mm. because I knew down to the second mm. and I didn't I, I that didn't oh, happen really? on the day it did not happen mm. I remember I remember I hadn't told the children at this point that today was the day and Nick passed away at a, a certain time mm. and I remember that time creeping up and up and up and I sat down with the children half an hour beforehand and I said today and this just came Mm. because I hadn't planned it mm. I hadn't planned what I was going to do I didn't even know if I was going to tell them mm. and it just came to me and I sat down with them and I said look today is the day that a year ago today daddy passed away mm. and uh, he passed away at this time so what I want us to do is I want us to hold hands mm -hmm. and I want us to have a minute silence for daddy mm. and mm. just memories mm. some really fun happy lovely memories and we'll have that silence where we just think about it and then when the minutes up we're going to tell each other what we was thinking mm. and so we did that and it was I cannot like it gets me upset I cannot describe the happiness we felt in that moment yeah and it was just laughter and joy at a time a year ago that was devastating. Yeah. And that, to me, was probably the rawest I had been with the children. Yeah. I had been pillar of strength. We don't give up all this time. And it was, it was the most beautiful moment we could have ever had. Yeah. And you didn't plan it. I didn't plan it. I did <laughs> again. I did. I had no idea what, even if I was going to mention what that day was to them, because I didn't see, in my mind's eye, I didn't see what good that could bring mm. in that day. All the other days were important. All the other days meant mm. something. This was something that, realistically, I wanted to forget. I did yeah. not that day at all. Mm. Um, but that worked in that moment now I'm not saying that that's what everyone should do but you know when you don't know what to do just trust it's there yeah whatever yeah. you do is right in that moment and that's why I say like yes I am a perfectionist yes I plan ahead yes I've done all of these like wonderful things mm. but also if I hadn't have done them I'd have done mm. the right thing absolutely I think you know going on to think about this Christmas I think what you said earlier is absolutely right I don't think it does ever get any easier when somebody loses somebody I think we just get used to it we get used to living with the pain and then we're able to know we, we're able to get on with our lives with carrying that pain because we've got used to it so I'm interested in where you and maybe the children are now so we're some 15 oh how many months in I'm saying 15 months no more than that isn't it yeah, about 15 months in, aren't we? Yeah. So how, how are you feeling about this Christmas? How are the children coping leading up to Christmas? Are yeah. you feeling differently coming up, leading up to Christmas this year? 
yeah I think that because we're celebrating Christmas somewhere when Nick hasn't been yeah physically he hasn't been yeah. here so yeah. he's he's always here mm. um, and you know his memories here and I'll always bring that up where I can mm. in a very loving way mm. and, and the children that they're, they're doing amazingly mm. Evelyn started secondary school now and she absolutely loves that and so they're, they're doing great mm. um, it's you know their life has changed forever mm. yeah. uh, I can't fix that yeah and that is the worst feeling in the world not yeah. being able to fix that but what I can do is fill that that void where dad isn't there anymore with love mm. and his memory mm. and how amazing he was and you know fill keep feeling that absolutely or if I can see they're finding it difficult the way I would approach it is sometimes it's really difficult without dad mm. asking them if mm. they're finding it difficult I'm telling them that I understand that's normal I find it hard mm. and sometimes I want to cry and mm. that is okay yeah. it's making everything the feelings that they're feeling okay yeah absolutely I, I don't I have no idea mm. if I'm doing the right thing mm. I, I just know that what I'm doing I have two very happy healthy children yeah and uh, that's all, all that can, any of us can want so just finally then so I'd like you to think about if you were to give your younger self of a year ago yeah. some advice what would that advice be Oof knowing that this was going to happen mm -hmm. I think for me and for the children that it's it's okay to not be okay yeah it's okay to not have all the answers yeah and it's okay to grieve yeah and the fact that people with all the best will in the world want to help and want to give advice mm. and want to kind of build you back up so you know I'm sure the comments of why now mm. aren't meant with malice and intent mm. but when you're in this moment mm so hard mm. and you are criticizing yourself at all times mm. and I would just say be kind to yourself mm. be so kind because it's not easy and yeah. it's not it's not something that anyone ever wants to experience and they don't want their children to experience absolutely that. and there may be many people that are listening to this who haven't lost a partner and haven't lost the parent to their child but maybe they're supporting somebody in their family who has 
So it sounds it's like what you're saying is don't judge and don't expect them people to be okay at a time frame that you think is suitable yeah. or acceptable. Everybody is different and just observe. And when they do start to crack, then be that person that goes, I'm here to help lift you. Yeah. And, mm. and, and I, I do think that for, for a lot of people that are in the position that I am in, um, you will find that you will also have your individual struggle on on how how a parent passes mm. away mm. and and like you say for us it was very sudden mm. but for some people you know they they may have had this happen mm. you know, coming for such a long time and mm. and you will experience the loss and the grief mm. in a very different mm. way mm. way that I did mm. um, the way that I did I had to think fast ways mm. because this was just it just happened yeah yeah and so when you've had the time you know you will approach it in such a different manner mm. because it's and and that's okay as well mm. you know knowing something mm. and mm. having that time mm. is going to be very different and I have spoken to a lot of parents that have they've lost the other parent in so many different ways mm. and they have all approached it in such a different yeah. manner as well. and this because, is why we can't judge yeah because mm. it, it's it's all different and um and, and you're feeling different yeah feeling as well so mm. you're you're constantly in an in your emotions yeah. and your children are in their emotions and and the different circumstances is a huge factor to how you then go forward so don't yeah just be kind to yourself be so kind yeah. to yourself because your own worst critic I know I am and yeah. and and I was I was the same as a lot of people when I got to the year anniversary, like, why now? Mm. Why now? Why am I doing this now? Mm. This should have happened at the beginning. Why could I function at mm. the beginning? And now I can't, I don't even want to leave the house. Yeah. And and it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. You'll pass and yeah. you will get through it. Yeah. But the one thing you cannot do is question grief. No. It has its own time. <laughs> It's a process and nobody can dictate. I mean, they say that the grief cycle can take up to two years. But again, I think dependent on, because there's such a thing called complicated grief, it can then extend that. And there's, I, I don't think we can ever judge how somebody should grieve or how long they should grieve or the way in which they should grieve it's just accepting that emotion moves and it is a process we never feel the same tomorrow in the way that we feel today we just don't it just moves and I think when we know that you know when we're in our deepest darkest grief I think if we can be mindful of that and think right okay this is really painful today right this moment but actually in an hour's time that might feel a little bit different, but tomorrow it will definitely feel different. I'm not saying it will be easier, but it will just be different. And sometimes if we can just sit with the emotion and let it process, then then it disperses naturally. Yes, 
yeah and, and that is that is so true it is a roller coaster yeah it is okay to have down days and it's okay to have really it that that is one of the biggest things it's okay to have a good day okay. it's okay to smile oh absolutely yeah you cannot you cannot sit in that moment and feel guilty for smiling no. and being happy no. your children want you to be happy yeah you want your children to be happy you yeah. want to feel guilty for smiling and I did I felt guilty whenever I felt a moment of like happiness yeah unless it was effect attached to my children mm. if my children were happy and it made me happy mm. I knew I was doing a good job yeah I felt happy for my own personal self mm. I'm feeling happy right now yeah and, I, and don't ever ever no. feel like that because that is where you need to be you need to be in a place where you're okay to be happy mm. you're okay to be sad mm. okay to be both yeah absolutely and, yeah. yeah it's back and forth you, absolutely you won't be the same ever again no. but it's it's a process and you will you will get through because you have to but it won't mm. end mm. it will just become your new normal and you will find processes that you can put into place yeah. that help you get through that day and create a new normal exactly that and this is it we've got our new normal and I mean what is normal mm. um, we have no idea but this um, is our for now yeah um, we are doing really well yeah. um, but that is not saying that um in a couple of days I might mm. have a bad day we've got Nick's birthday coming on Friday mm. and that's going to be hard for us but mm. I've brought another star so we've got mm. two stars now because it's two birthdays that daddy's had in the sky with the stars and and that's our process and that's yeah. going to be our tradition each year um but you know that building up to that and leading up to that it's it's really sad because he should be here for that absolutely absolutely that. thank you so much kelly i so appreciate you doing this and i don't doubt for one moment there's going to be many people out there listening to this that are going to be really grateful for the fact that they they don't feel quite so alone because i think grief can create a sense of really feeling alone and maybe not having anybody to talk to but just hearing your story i really hope that it helps at least one other person that would be amazing I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Great. All right. Take care. I'd like to say a big thank you to Kelly for sharing her journey with us. And if there's anybody out there that you know that may benefit from this podcast, please like and share it. I know that Kelly said to me this morning, um, I just hope that even if it just helps one person, then she feels that she's helped somebody. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.